Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to the alien adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Bebop, Robomogo Juanatron. Say hi to everybody, Bebop. Jonathan, can I, you mind if I just slide in and sit at the computer for a second? You, you want to switch seats? Just for a second. Why? I just want to do some listener emails. Well, that's great, but I had my own plan for the opening segment. You know, we had the puzzle in the last episode, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Oh, me too. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we had so many great and fascinating responses. Listeners had to be really creative to come up with an idea for how to defeat the witch that only asked questions. I know, right? Could I actually read one of those emails right now? Sure, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, this is from our friends Lev, who is 10, and Clara, who is 8, from Philadelphia. They say Elias should, quote, say, give me the lantern, or he could just take it, or not say anything until the witch does or asks lots of questions really fast, or the amazing, handsome robot Bebop can come and help. Hmm. Those are some great ideas, but I wonder why you picked that one to read. It was just random. Sure it was. Oh, here's another one, Jonathan. Let me see here. It says it's from Lev and Clara. Elias should say, give me the lantern or the amazing handsome robot Bebop can come and help. You already read that one, Bebop. Did I? Huh? How silly of me. Okay, well, here's another one. This one's from Clev and Lara from... Dilafelfia, and they say the amazing handsome robot Bebop can come and help. <laughs> all right, all right. I think we know what's going on here. Thank you, Lev and Clara, for your great suggestions, and thank you to all of you super sleuths who helped us figure this out. We'll give you all, all of them, Bebop, a proper thanks at the end of the episode. But for now, if you remember what happened in the last episode, Elias was facing off with a witch who only spoke in questions. And he was trying to figure out how to get her to declare something, make a statement, and defeat her once and for all. Let's see how he worked that out in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 3, Episode 10, Fish Story. Elias knew if he said one wrong word, one misplaced syllable, the darkness would encroach upon him, and who knew what would get him then? But what question could he ask that couldn't be answered as a question? The words weren't on the tip of his tongue. They weren't rattling around in his brain waiting to come out. He didn't have any ideas. His mind was as dark as the shadows around him. He stared at the lantern light, knowing it would soon go out. Nothing, he thought, 
There was nothing he could say that would force this witch out of saying a question. Even if he asked her her name, she could say, It's Lefty, and yours? And that would count. Or if he asked her what color the lantern light was, she could say, It's yellow, isn't it? And that would totally count, too. It wasn't fair. For a moment, Elias thought about never saying anything again. It seemed the witches couldn't say anything unless they were responding to him. So if he kept his mouth shut, she would have to as well. But then what? He'd have to sleep in that creepy shack and eat weird witch food, and they would grow old together and buy a witch timeshare up on the mountain? No. He would need to figure a way out. So they stood in silence, staring at each other. The room growing colder and colder, the darkness seeming to slither in from the corners. Logically, there was nothing he could do, and for his whole life, Elias had only thought logically. He was an engineer, a scientist, someone who went from step A to step B. Every problem had a solution if you only thought it through logically. But then he remembered something his father had told him when he saw Elias drawing robots in one of his notebooks. It was a quote from an earth scientist, a guy named Albert Einstein, who said something like, quote, Imagination is more important than knowledge. He remembered telling his dad how strange it was for a scientist to praise imagination. But his dad told him, Imagination was the magic behind science. You had to imagine something and then use science to get you there. So Elias thought back about what Mrs. Jenkins had told him back in her cottage, how she had told him story after story about her life, about her planet, and something dawned on him. He looked at the witch and just started talking. I met an old woman down the hill said Elias, who told me that three witches who lived in this shack were hatched from eggs and that you're part lizard and part jellyfish and that you never go outside because you're scared of the wind and you're scared of birds and that you eat dirt for breakfast. And she told me this really, really funny story about the three of you getting tricked by a fish. But I don't know if that's true or not. I just... Elias had no idea what he was saying. He was just trusting that whatever came into his head, whatever he imagined would get him from point A to point somewhere. The witch crinkled her nose as he went on, growing red in the face. Clearly, she didn't like Mrs. Jenkins too much. Is that what she said? Well, I'll tell you what. She was the one who got tricked by a fish. Imagine saying that was me, me, or my sisters. The witch went on to tell Elias a long story about the time Mrs. Jenkins went down to the pond on the other side of the hill and encountered a talking fish. The witch was not a very good storyteller, and she kept forgetting parts of her story and even some of the words. At times, she referred to the fish as, quote, the little thing with flappy fins. But the gist of the story was that Mrs. Jenkins had given the fish all of her worms and received no fish in return. As she wrapped up her story, the candles all lit, and the witch looked at Elias, stunned. I 
I said a sentence instead of a question, didn't I? She said, You said about 344 sentences, to be exact, said Elias. Oh, why did I do that? She said, and she went up in smoke. In fact, the whole shack went up in smoke. When it was over, Elias was standing on the hill, looking down at the cottage, feeling like he'd leveled up as a scientist. It wasn't all logic and deduction. Sometimes you had to use your imagination and heed out. Hey, what's that coming out of the cottage? Thought Elias. It was his friends, and they were running out, coming to congratulate him. They were so excited, Mag and Foggy had picked up Finn, Paige, Valet, and Abigail, and were flying up the hill. Elias! They were all yelling. Guys, I did it! He yelled back. Can you believe it? I did it. I saved the entire planet. But then, what was that coming out of the cottage behind them? It looked like a giant black bird darting out of the door and up the hill. Elias! Finn yelled again. I, I, I stopped the witches. What's going on? I don't... Foggy flipped Finn onto his back and dove down, grabbing Elias before soaring off again. What is going on, guys? yelled Elias. The wind's now picking up and roaring in his ears as they flew off. I defeated the three witches. Yeah, cried Vale. But remember how the three witches would reveal the Grand High Witch? Vale turned and looked behind them. There she is. We gotta go back and get Mrs. Jenkins, said Elias. Sounds great, yelled Vale. Just jump off. I'm sure she'll catch you. Elias didn't know what Vale was talking about, and then he looked back at what was chasing them. It did look like a bird, with a long beak and black feathers trailing off of its body, but it was also human, especially in the eyes, which were staring right at Elias. Wait, he said as they flew over a forest. You are telling me that thing back there is Mrs. Jenkins? Yep, said Vale. Mrs. Jenkins is that thing, and that thing is the Grand High Witch, which makes Mrs. Jenkins the Grand High Witch, and the Grand High Witch is what you released when you tricked those three witches up on the hill. Oh, said Elias. Oh. My bad. Foggy and Meg flew up and down, left and right, trying to shake the Grand High Witch, but she stayed hot on their trail. They dove down under the cover of the forest to try to hide for a moment from the Grand High Witch's eyes. They landed along a river at the foot of a cliff. The river ran into a low tunnel in the face of the rock, too low for the explorers to get in. Okay, friends, said Foggy. What do we do? I'm so sorry, guys said Elias. I was all proud of myself for figuring out how to stop those witches, and all I did was make it worse. Forget about it, Elias, said Abigail. You did what you were supposed to do, and you did it better than probably any of us could have. It's not your fault she turned into the Grand High Witch. They could hear her wings flapping above them. Let's get out of here, said Finn. But I think if we try to fly back to the pod... She'll see us and get us before we get there. And we can't walk back, said Meg. And for all we know, the witch isn't even the scariest thing in this forest.
They heard a rustling in the trees above them. Well, 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 said the Grand High Witch, settling into a branch high in the trees. They couldn't see her among the dark purple leaves of the forest, but they had a bad feeling she could see them. So many morsels to choose from. I'm glad you all ate my chocolate. I can smell how sweet you will taste all the way from up here. Folly stooped low and whispered to his friends. She can smell us. That's how she tracked us down here. The chocolate. He grabbed handfuls of mud from the river and began to smear it all over his spacesuit. Quick, cover yourselves up with the mud. It'll cancel out the smell. I can see you too, young one. No need to get so dirty. Finn and Abigail looked at each other, trying not to laugh. Well done, young Elias. I'm so proud of you for defeating my three so-called friends. Many years ago, I taught them everything they knew, but they turned on me and trapped me in that cottage so they could have ruled over the land. Well, I must say, you have done me a great favor and done something that I could never do. And for that, Elias, I will now do you a favor, and I will eat you last. The friends all got ready for the witch to dive down after them, but she didn't. She just stayed up there. They began to walk slowly along the river, back in the direction they thought the pod might be, but they could hear her above them, hopping from branch to branch, rustling the leaves and giggling, <laughs> waiting for them to come out into a clearing. Why isn't she coming down here to get us? said Meg. Elias looked down at the river and thought of something. Something one of the other witches told him. You know, the last witch, she told me a long story. About the Grand High Witch and a fish. How the fish had tricked her into giving it all her worms. So, I know this sounds weird, but maybe she's afraid of fish. What was the story? said Abigail. Oh, I couldn't really follow it, said Elias. But at least we know now she can be tricked. And then it dawned on Elias, and he looked up into the trees. Hey, Mrs. Jenkins! There's no Mrs. Jenkins up here, my dear, but you may call me the Grand High Witch, or Her Majesty, or whatever you please. Right. Sorry. Grand High Witch, my apologies, said Elias. Listen. Each of the three witches were sort of riddles, right? I had to defeat each one by solving their problems. I bet you like riddles. Like them? The only thing a witch likes more than eating a child is a good riddle. Great, said Elias. Then let's have a riddle competition. I'll give you three riddles. If you get all three right, my friends and I walk out of the woods, no fighting, and you can feast until your belly is full. If I win, we walk free to our explorer pod, no questions asked. Hmm. Okay, but if I win, the one with the dirt all over him will have to jump in the river to wash himself off first. Vale whispered to Elias, No deal. But Elias paid no attention. Okay, first one, he said. What do you call a fish? with no eye. The witch thought for a second and then said, That's easy. Fish. 
Okay, said Elias. Very good. Now, what do you get when you cross a fish with an elephant? The witch was silent for a moment. Why are you asking me all of these fish-related riddles? Did one of those witches tell you about the run-in I had with that back-talking fish? That wasn't even... That wasn't... Oh, never mind. The answer is swimming trunks. You cross a fish with an elephant, and you get swimming trunks. The witch was now hopping down from branch to branch. She was perched above the explorers. She was enormous, like a giant bird of prey, with an almost human face, except for her beak. Her head twitched like a bird's, and she opened her beak to say, Last one, and then I eat. Vale looked at Elias. Dude, you better have a good one. Elias smiled and looked up at the witch. Okay, here's one for you. Let's say you run into a witch who only speaks in questions. What can you say to her to get her to answer you in a statement? The explorers all looked at Elias like he was crazy, but he smiled up at the witch. That's that's not possible, she said. Anything you can say, she can respond as a question. You can't force someone to not say a qu- Oh, wait, I know. You would have to ask a factual question. And then she would have to respond like this. What time is it? Elias smiled again. It's 4.30, isn't it? The witch went up in smoke. The Grand High Witch had been defeated. As Meg and Foggy flew the explorers back to the pod, Elias explained how he had tricked the questioning witch into telling him a story, and how he had flustered the Grand High Witch with the exact same riddle. But what was with all the fish stuff? said Paige. Well, I knew she was scared of fish, and I had just happened to know a lot of fish riddles, said Elias. The explorers boarded the pod, and there, waiting for them, was Mr. Sparkles. Okay, said Finn. Out with it, Mr. Sparkles. Where to next? Bloop. Finn wiped off the stone and held it up to the light. What the? That can't be right. Abigail took it from him and read it to the rest of the troop. It says, Finn, come to the coordinates below. You will find us here. Love, Mom. Okay, I am here with my editor and son, Griffin Messenger. We are just fresh off from reading the story together. You just heard it. Tell the audience, what do you think of this episode? Boo! Boo! Why boo? I don't like the ending. <laughs> All right, what don't, what don't you like about the ending? Because the ending is where they're finally going to get the coordinates to get, go see the parents, and then blah, blah, problem solved. So you're worried that what they see on the stone means the season's going to end? Yes. So you don't have a problem with the ending. You have a problem with the idea that the season is going to end soon. Yes. Okay, so putting that aside, what did you think of the episode? 
Shampoo slash pretty good. <laughs> okay. All right. So there's a few things to talk about here. What did you think about how Elias solved the riddle? Good. Yeah, we got tons and tons of responses for how to solve it. A lot of really creative ideas. But we went with this one because we felt like every riddle so far has some sort of kind of logical progression, right? But this one, you had to get really creative. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, this episode and last episode were inspired by the witches. But the end of this episode, do you know where that riddle game was, what that was inspired by? Hobbit. That's right. The Hobbit. That's right. Gollum and uh, Bilbo. Bilbo. Facing off by the pond. Yeah. I actually was really hoping that they would not, Bubba would not get, end up getting eaten by Gong. Yeah, right, right, right. So do you have any questions about what happened in this episode? Mm, not really. Uh, but you have questions about what's going to happen next? Yes. The season does not end next week. Yes. Okay. We only have a few weeks left in the season because we're going to wrap it up by the end of the year. But it does not end next week, okay? Okay. I'm mean. Okay, cool. Okay, any other thoughts or questions, young Griffin? Nope. Then what time is it? Art. That's right. And here are our artists for this week. Thank you to Lucas, who's eight, from Goshen, Indiana. Olivia, who's six, and Anna, who's four, from Redwood City. Audrey, who's six, from Dayton, Ohio. Breton, who's seven, from Orange County, California. Ronnie, who's eight. Gavin and Caden, who made this awesome bebop sculpture. Thank you so much. Harper from Pelham, Alabama. Thomas, who drew a patient, which I hadn't seen in a while. Thank you, Thomas. Our friend Toby. Esme, who's six, from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Julian, who's six, from Amsterdam. Hector, who's six, from Palm Bay, Florida. Ani, who's five, from Wellington, New Zealand. Ilan, who's five and a half. And Orly, who's five and a half, from Phoenix, Arizona. Quentin, who's seven, from Oak Island, North Carolina, and Jack, who's five, from Denmark. And a special thanks to all of our detectives out there, including Mateo Brooks, Lucas, who's five and three quarters, from El Cerrito, California, Levin Clara from Philly, of course, Lily, who's seven, from New Zealand, who asked, what is the color of magic, which I'm still thinking about, thank you, Lily, Ben, who is seven, Zion, who is 11, from DuPont, Washington, Mark, who's seven, and Melody, who's four, from Williamsville, New York. Chase, who's ten, from Westville, Indiana. Hazel, who's eight, from Knoxville, Tennessee. Frida and Carmen, who are ten, from New Zealand. Frida, I forgot to mention you in the last riddle. I'm so sorry. Please accept my sincerest apology. Our pal Zoe. Alexander, who's seven, from Washington, New Hampshire. And Adam, who is eight, from Howell, Michigan. And now, Griffin... What time is it? Jokes. That's right. It's joke time. First up is five-year-old Jack from Denmark. Uh, what was the first invertebrate on the moon? Who was the first invertebrate on the moon? I don't know. Who? Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> Neil Armstrong. Thank you so much, Jack. Jack made that joke up himself. So good. All right. Up next, we have four-year-old Luke from Annandale, Virginia. How do aliens organize a party in space? They planned it! <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Luca. And now, finally, we have our pal Orion with a joke. 
Hi, my name is Ryan and I'm six years old and I have a joke. What nuts do aliens eat? Astronuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is great. Thank you so much, Orion. And now we have a very special part of the show where we're actually going to play a song written by brother and sister Javier, who's eight, and Nora, who is 10, from Tampa, Florida. They felt like the Marlowe needed its own theme song, so they gave her one. Here you go. The Marlowe 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. Space Station. Whoop, whoop. Space Station. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you so much to Javier and Nora. Such a great song. Thank you so much. We were so honored that you wrote that for us. All right. Well, I think that's it. Anything else you want to say to the audience, Young Griffin? Nobody forget about SoundCloud. That's still going, right? Still going. Still going. Yes. <laughs> we might have a special edition SoundCloud episode soon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Say bye before you commit me to any more work. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye, everybody. Okay, thanks for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. And thanks to everyone who sent in their art, their ideas, their jokes, their sounds. So many of you solving the last puzzle gave me great ideas for what could happen in future episodes. So thank you so much. And certainly, if we use those ideas, I'll let you know. Two things I wanted to say at the end of the show here. One, we are still doing Sound Club. There wasn't a Sound Club sound this episode because a lot of the sounds came from the last episode where we used Sound Club. So we will be having a lot more Sound Club as the season wraps up. And of course, in Bebop Tales. And of course, apparently, we'll be doing a Sound Club bonus episode very soon. Second thing I want to tell you, we've been nominated as one of the best kids and family podcasts in the Discover Pods Awards. That's at discoverpods.com. I'll have the link directly to the form in the show notes if you feel like voting. Uh, you know, I already asked you to vote for one award earlier this year. I feel weird asking you to do it again. But there are a lot of really great shows, whether it's kids and family like Brains On is nominated. They're really good friends of ours. The show about science is nominated. Very good friends of ours. You could vote for them as well. And also there are lots of shows that are not in kids categories, shows that you probably love and maybe you'd like to vote. So if you feel like voting and you want to vote for us, this is the most non-committal plug I've ever made on this show. <laughs> All right. The Alien Adventures of Fincaspian is a Gen Z kids production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, the nicest human in the multiverse. And our cover art was by Sir Ian Dingman. For more information about the music, the art, everything about this show, check out the show notes. Thanks again for coming back and having some more fun with us. We have a few more episodes to go before the season wraps up, and I can't wait to share them with you. We will see you next week. The Marlowe 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. Space Station. Whoop, whoop. Space Station. Space Station. Whoop, whoop. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? 
There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.